Blaze On Demand. This is Ben Weingarten of The Blaze Books, and today I'm joined by Ronald Kessler, author of 20 books on the CIA, FBI, and Secret Service. And uh, today the book that we'll be talking about is a bombshell which the Clinton camp has already started attacking. The name of the book is The First Family Detail, Secret Service Agents Reveal the Hidden Lives of the President. Ron, thanks so much for joining us. Very good to be with you. So first kind of canned question that I always ask mm-hmm. is, why should Blaze readers pick up this book? We see presidents and presidential candidates parade on uh, TV and, and, and create some image that they want to project, and very often the reality is quite the opposite. And I think it's important for voters to know that. That goes to character, which is a key ingredient of a successful presidency, along with uh, whether they have a good track record. And uh, as an example, uh, Hillary Clinton is so nasty to Secret Service agents on her detail that being assigned to her detail is considered a form of punishment and the worst assignment in the Secret Service. So here's this woman who pretends to be compassionate and uh, care about the little people and is going to help the middle class, but yet she can't bring herself to treat the people around her who have less power than than she uh, decently. Um, Now, the opposite is Barack Obama and Michelle, they actually uh, are very considerate of, of agents. They treat them with respect, and and that's a very good sign. So, just you know, in, in a nutshell, um, that's sort of uh, the uh, the import of the book. So, so let's work from some of the more favored actors based upon your interviews with Secret Service personnel, uh, and then work towards the least favored ones. So, I was struck by some of the stories about Ronald Reagan in the book and how Reagan. He's obviously very famous for handwriting responses to folks, but would actually even cut checks to people who were down on their luck who wrote to him. Uh, tell us one or two of your favorite stories about Reagan and any other of the presidents or first ladies who are well-remembered by Secret Service agents. Well, Reagan, whenever he went into Air Force One, would always go in the cockpit and greet the captain and co-pilots, uh, and he would even remember the names of their children, whereas Jimmy Carter uh, only did that once during his whole four-year term, and yet Carter pretended to be this jolly peanut farmer who uh, was a populist and, uh, again, was compassionate uh, and, and uh, actually ordered Secret Service agents not to say hello to him in the morning on the way to the Oval Office. Uh, with Reagan, one day he was going up in the president's elevator and uh, an aide came up to him and told him about the fact that uh, Gary Hart was having an affair with Donna Rice and was going to be in the New York Times the next day. And Reagan said, well, boys will be boys. He went up in the elevator with his agent. And as he got out, he said to the agent, but boys will not be president. And uh, one more item on uh, on Reagan is that um, when he after he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, he said to an agent, "Well, there must be some good news about this. Maybe I'll meet a new friend every day." That was typical sense of humor and 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 optimism from from Reagan. Uh, you wanted another uh, negative? Did you say? Yeah, sure. We, yeah. we can jump sure. there. Okay. Uh, well, uh, Joe Biden is uh, uh, 
jovial with agents. He he chats them up, so they like that. But on the other hand, he's so thoughtless that he uh, will, on the spur of the moment, decide to go back to Wilmington, his home, and never give the agents any advance notice. He does this all the time. So they really can't plan their lives at all. Like they can't plan social events or anything else in their lives. He also likes to skinny dip both at the vice president's residence pool and also at his home in Wilmington. <clears throat> and um, and the female agents on his detail uh, are very offended by this because obviously uh, it's almost sexual... <clears throat> It's almost sexual harassment, you know, to subject these female agents to seeing him, <coughs> seeing him nude. Um, <clears throat> also, Biden uh, wants to project this image of a good old boy, uh, regular Joe. So when he goes up to Wilmington, he tells the Secret Service he doesn't want the usual retinue of about 15 uh, Secret Service uh, vehicles in his motorcade. And specifically, he wants only two, and he wants the military aid with the nuclear football to follow a mile behind. Well, what does that mean? That means if Obama's taken out and uh, Obama and uh, Biden is motorcading around Wilmington, we literally would have no defense against a nuclear attack. There would be no way to retaliate because without the nuclear football, nobody can launch a nuclear strike. Uh, so I, I think that's the most shocking thing in the book. Uh, but um, people have uh, focused a lot on uh, Bill Clinton's mistress, Energizer. Secret Service agents uh, have found that uh, up at Chappaqua, there's a mistress, a uh, blonde mistress, who uh, is such a frequent visitor and comes in to, his, to Bill's home as soon as Hillary leaves that they gave her an unofficial code name of Energizer. And all the um, first family uh, code names begin with the same letter. So in the case of the Clintons, Bill is Eagle, Hillary is Evergreen, and so, of course, the mistress is Energizer. And uh, the uh, in contrast to Hillary, Energizer is, is, is nice to the agents. She even brings cookies. One day in the summer, she came uh, wearing a low-cut uh, tank top with cookies. She uh, handed them to the agent through her car window, and the agent uh, noticed that her breasts were uh, enhanced and, uh, as he said, perky. So we have every detail in this book, the secret, the uh, first family detail. Yeah, and, and to the end, um, I think for, from my perspective, the salacious stories, uh, as you mentioned, are the ones getting the headlines, but the national security implications of many of the dalliances of, um, you know, current political figures and, and former ones, as well as the just blatant, um, you know, neglect uh, or dereliction of duty when it comes to security protocols generally, to me, were the most striking thing. So first question on the dalliances of these pres of presidents, uh, you know, past presidents, is there any discussion when you talk to Secret Service agents about the potential dangers, whether it be blackmail or worse, when it came to covering presidents who are carrying on affairs? Yeah, um, that, that's a constant concern of, of Secret Service agents, but of course they can't do anything about it. Um, and uh, even uh, Bill Clinton with Energizer, you know, he, he has influence over Hillary and uh, can get information from Hillary. Uh, so all of these are potential dangers. And, 
there's always the question, well, you know, should these agents be talking to me? And and also, uh, why do they talk to me? Usually I water, waterboard them. That works pretty well. But um, the, um, you know, you, it's certainly a legitimate question. But uh, on the one hand, as you say, there's the potential for blackmail, uh, as well as the fact that these uh, people uh, often are not what they appear to be are phonies, and that's something that voters should know. Uh, and they really have no business running for office if they're going to lead double lives or or uh, engage in, in gross hypocrisy. Uh, so that is, I think, the way the agents feel as well. And it's certainly understandable that there would be a chilling around whistleblowers in the Secret Service. I'm sure it has always been like that. But in your long experience speaking with folks in intelligence, and in particular in the Secret Service, is there a sense that the service has gotten more and more politicized? It's more laxness and uh, corner cutting and, and bows to political pressure, whether it's Republicans or Democrats. Uh, for example, under pressure from the White House, either the Bush White House or the Obama White House or campaign staffs, agents will let people into events without magnetometer screening or metal detection screening. It's just like letting passengers into an airplane without metal detection screening. Uh, and it's it's simply a, a lack of uh, backbone by the management. The agents themselves are brave and dedicated, but the management has this culture of corner cutting. Uh, and I think it, it uh, you saw the result when the Salahis and a third intruder were allowed into the White House state dinner um, in uh, just as an example of what I think they were thinking. Mary Cheney, Dick Cheney's daughter, when she was under protection, would try to get her agents to take her friends to restaurants. And they're not taxi drivers. They refused as they should. But she threw a fit and got her detail leader removed over this. So management, instead of backing the guys doing his job and following the rules, removed them. Well, what kind of message does that send to the Secret Service uniformed officers at the gate when the Salahis show up? It tells them, gee, if we turn them away and it turns out they were supposed to be on the guest list, we may not be backed by our own management. And uh, the, also the prostitution scandal in Columbia, which I broke, um, is a situation where these agents felt, even though this conduct is not common, but I think they felt hey, management cuts corners all the time. Why shouldn't we do whatever we want to do? And you even talk about Bradley Cooper basically being able to go right up to a hotel in which there was going to be a presidential function without the car being checked. I mean, talk about talk about that. It's, it's just breathtaking to read it, frankly. Yeah, very relevant. Um, a New York uh, Secret Service official ordered agents at the Washington Hilton when uh, President Obama was about to speak at the White House Correspondents' Dinner to let Bradley Cooper and his SUV into the secure space in front of the Washington Hilton, which was only uh, reserved for Secret Service cars, and even they had to be screened for explosives to enter. Uh, and the order was, just let them in, don't do anything, don't screen anything, just let them in. And you can imagine what uh, a message that's sent to the agents who are there to protect the president, and yet um, they are being told just ignore all the rules for as a favor to Bradley Cooper. Yeah, just just simply stunning. 
Now, let's talk about Carter for one second, because something that struck me in the book that I don't think has really been picked up is, you know, recently Carter, who I would say, and this is editorializing, but I think is backed by the facts, is is an Arabist. He's, he's very pro-Arab. He called Hamas a legitimate group recently, which is certainly in keeping with his perspective uh, of multiple decades in public life. And in the book, you talk about the fact that he took sort of an anti-military stance, um, sort of paraphrasing what you wrote. So speak a little about that, because that was somewhat stunning to me. Well, this is um, typical of some Democrats, um, to be anti-military, anti-law enforcement. Uh, Hillary Clinton has the same attitude. She doesn't want uh, law enforcement around. She doesn't want marked uh, police cars around. Uh, she treats the agents uh, like subhumans. Um, and uh, with Jim, Jimmy Carter, you know, he, he's he's much more to the left. And <clears throat> um, I think there's this attitude of, well, we'll we'll just side with the underdog, uh, perceived underdog, even though they're terrorists. And uh, that's that's just the way he thinks. Now, now I'll jump to, to Hillary Clinton and, and two points on Hillary. The first is I'm sure that critics, to the degree of which they follow up on this part of the book, will say that you dredging up the Vince Foster story is all part of conspiracy theory and you know a campaign to continue to trash the Clintons. So disavow us of that notion and explain why Vince Foster plays a role in your book. The information about Vince Foster's suicide, it comes from FBI agents who were assigned to investigate the suicide as part part of the uh, Ken Starr investigation. And those comments from the FBI agents are on the record. So there are no conspiracy theories here. And what they found was that about a week before the uh, Vince Foster suicide, Hillary had a big meeting in the White House with Foster and other White House colleagues and totally humiliated him in front of all of uh, the White House staff, called him a small-town hick lawyer, you'll never make him big big time, you failed us, uh, just, just totally, totally uh, humiliated him over some disagreement over a legal interpretation. And the FBI found in interviewing aides and friends and family members and a, and his wife that uh Vince Foster even though he was already depressed just just went totally downhill after that you know the the tone of his voice changed he would cry he was withdrawn total difference in um in attitude after that and and effect and uh a week later he committed suicide and the FBI says on the record that that uh, humiliation by Hillary of her own friend, her own mentor at the at the uh, Rose Law Firm triggered his suicide. And, and why do you think it is that Ken Starr kept that off the record? You know, I, he had these strange ideas about um, uh, what he was doing with, you know, he had this sort of reverential attitude towards the First Lady. He seemed to veer from one side to, to the other side in terms of being uh, aggressive and then and then uh, pulling his punches. But I, I can't, uh, you know, totally account for it. Sure. The last question I'll ask is the Clinton camp through, I believe, a Politico article describes your book as well as a couple of other books recently out, Daniel Halper's Clinton, Inc., 
uh, being one of them, as, quote, an insult to readers and authors that should be reserved for the fiction bin, if not the trash, unquote. And they further go on to say, quote, with Klein, Halper, and Kessler, we now have a hat trick of despicable actors concocting trashy nonsense for a quick buck at the expense of anything even remotely resembling the truth, unquote. What is your reaction to the Clinton camp's words? You know, if uh, this is an indication of what uh, Hillary will be like as president, we're all going to be in trouble because here some criticism comes up and uh, from a reputable author, uh, two-thirds of the book is on the record, and, and it's a nonpartisan book. It, it uh, has negative and positive information about both Republicans and Democrats, and yet her spokesman is essentially calling for a ban on the book. Uh, you know, I really hate to think what that imperious attitude would uh, translate to were she in the White House. The name of the book is The First Family Detail, Secret Service Agents Reveal the Hidden Lives of the Presidents. The author is Ronald Kessler. Ronald, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. For more on this and other books, you can visit The Blaze Books at www.theblaze.com books and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theblazebooks and Twitter at theblazebooks. You can follow me on Twitter at bhweingarten.